Holy shit. Well, yeah, this is the start of the show now. All right, one sec. God damn it. We live in a whole new world now, Lance. A brave new world. Just when they thought I was fucking done. Thank you, crowd. Yeah. All right. Bit of a rocky start, but we're here now. We're, we're back on top. We're back. You can't hold us down. <laughs> no way, dude. Uh, Lance Giuliano back in the studio. Uh, uh, you are becoming quickly a, a veteran of the program. I am. This is this is number three. This is your third technically, te- yes. Although uh, two, if you're yes. if you're counting actually released episodes. Well, it seems every time you step into the studio, technical difficulties seem to happen. <laughs> what can <laughs> I say? I ruin shows. No, we can't blame that on you. But yes, you were uh, one of the first guests. I was uh, of the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe episode two, Lance Giuliano. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. and then we did try. I tried to uh, have a fun. I had Lennon and Izquierdo on not long after, and thought it would be fun to have both of you on, mm-hmm. and promptly shit the bed uh, in terms of uh, digital storage. Yeah, because we <laughs> talked for like three hours. Like it was, it was a really it was good, beautiful talk sesh. Uh, it was beautiful and ultimately for it our means, friendship, yes, <laughs> but it means nothing now. Yeah, because I don't have video of it. it. Yes. Yeah, I can't get fifty views on YouTube. So yeah. So we're basically worthless. Hey, in my, my episode got to eighty five. So <laughs> I checked the other day so I could shit on so Matt <laughs> and his his piss ass. Yes. Well, we do. Uh, we we have a lot to get into. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a bit scatterbrained. As that that seems to be how I've started a lot of the episodes lately. Just kind of wide and then focusing in as you. Yeah, but not even know. necessarily focusing more than just like you know whatever kind of bouncing <laughs> whatever around your like a brain pinball is machine. Like, ah. Yeah, it's nice. And uh, do you like the West Coast uh, studio? I do. I do. I think it's uh, a lot more spacious. I think that helps, yeah, you know, because in, in the east east side, Midwest, Midwest, Midwest coast, coast, yeah, you're you're kind of in like that pocket of your room. It was a little cramped. So it you was feel a little cramped. A little boxed in. I, I like the spaciousness. I like yeah. the bookshelf behind yeah, you. Yeah, it's nice, right? Uh, I, that's one of my favorite parts of the apartment is just coming in and, and checking out like the... Usually there's a new little secret on there. This time I noticed the the Doctor Strange. Yeah, Doctor Strange. That that was a nice Doctor Strange, and I took a I got the Tanahasi Coates Black Panther. I haven't the full thing. I just started it. Pretty fun. Pretty cool. I've I've heard really good things. I've heard good things about his um, Captain America run as well. Yes, that's on here. Have you read it? So good. Okay. Super cool. You can borrow the Captain America if you want. If I might need want. to. Because I'm, I'm reading uh, the Ed Brubaker Captain cool. America. I yes. don't know if you're familiar I, with that. Well, I was looking up what, because I'd never really read Captain America. 
So I was looking up who to read, and then I yeah. saw Coates, and I was like, well, Coates that's is a great. legend. So um, check, but I saw Brubaker. Brubaker is excellent. I would say, not to derail the pod into like hyper specific nerd going talk. nerd comics. It's <laughs> like going to drop hyper, everyone hyper off the bat. Don't worry, guys. It won't be nerd comic <laughs> stuff for too much longer. Give us three minutes to yeah. get this out. Go ahead. Um, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips are like my favorite comic cool. book duo. Uh, they've done Criminal, uh, which is pretty much Don't the gold that. standard for like crime comics. Cool. Uh, and then Ed Brubaker wrote the Captain America stuff, and that's pretty much most of like the foundation for what we know Captain America okay. as today. Like the yeah. with the Winter Soldier, yeah, uh, yeah. with with oh, him in cool. the modern era, he created cool. the Winter Soldier and all and that. And he that okay, stuff. I was reading something interesting, which is like, well, Captain America originally was brought out of the ice in like the 60s yeah, yeah and yeah. then like kind of every new writer that takes over the mantle when there's like a refresh just kind of has to push that back a decade or whatever till now he's coming out of the ice and pretty much well they don't do that in brubaker's run which is what i think is interesting. interesting is they they make him a character who's been around for a while who is weathered who is out of time cool who suffers from cool. ptsd from yes. his time in world war ii yes. and doesn't know how to handle this just like new fucked up post 9-11 america yeah. Uh, so that's why I love it that's because it. like it's just Captain America as like an actually interesting character because yeah. finally instead of just being like one yeah good good patriot yeah yes. instead of just being a good patriot he's kind of just like I don't know how to function in like a military capacity today that's what I really like about the coats uh, Captain America and Black Panther is like it it tackles the you know exactly what you would expect them to do. Yeah, politically. Yeah, it's but it's not like so in your face. It's like nice. It's good. Yeah. Um. Enough about comics. Except I do want to say I did just read Frank Miller Daredevil Born Again. Okay. And that is apparently what the new what the comeback Daredevil series is based on. Are you familiar? You yeah. Um, Looks like you have thoughts. <laughs> I this is my hottest comic take. I oh. hate Frank Miller as Ooh. a writer. I think he is a bad writer. Wow. Um I know that's sacrilege because he's wow. done <laughs> for the, the twelve people who have actually read comics watching. It's less than that. Yeah. I can guarantee you that. It's, it's me and you, buddy. Yeah. This is just for us. Um, uh, he's just like he's like an edgy 13-year-old boy. Yeah, in all of his comics, and it's like, yeah, sure, this might have been cool back in the eighties when comics weren't made for adults. But like, going back and reading it now, I don't need to read just a bunch of like misogynistic, <laughs> overly violent yeah. comics. I'm good. Uh, I haven't we'll read his Daredevil let's stuff. Move though, let's move off. Yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> let's get off it. Daredevil, I liked it. I don't okay, know. I've don't, heard good stuff we'll about get, that yeah. one, but uh, post pod. Before we, we got a lot to talk about, but first, uh, let's take care of some business. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Mm. <laughs> we do have a spot this is technically a sponsored segment okay. but they don't they're not paying us any money uh, and they're not paying me any money that, us. that doesn't seem like a sponsor if they were paying me money it wouldn't go to you i can tell you that much well, fair enough uh that doesn't seem like a sponsor you're right you're right except I, I would say this is just a favor <laughs> well, <laughs> what it sounds like. well <laughs> but you can sponsor with more than money like me and this Ayo. artist well, <laughs> me and this artist kind of, I think, both have a, a mutual respect for each other, what we're doing. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's absolutely using me, waxing me. Maybe he thinks me a fool. Maybe. And he's using me as sort of a conduit to... Uh, but I don't think that. I see the best in people. Yeah. And uh, so Soprano Silver, are you familiar with Soprano Silver? I'm not. So uh, a couple months ago... 
uh, I got put in touch with uh, a Jamaican artist, uh, sort of a neo Rasta uh, <coughs> kind of artist. And uh, when the Ariel Ariel Berman episode uh, with Justin Levine, uh, mm-hmm. we played a couple tracks from Soprano. So he asked us to sort of play his tracks on the show, which I thought would be nice. Maybe we get some of Soprano Silva's audience to tune into the Hunter Davidson Radio Hour, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the Hunter Davidson Radio Hour can get put onto some new music. I thought it was very nice, and it was, you know, I hesitate to use the phrase like smash hit success, but it w- it went over well, mm-hmm. and. Uh, <laughs> Immediately after, he sent like eight more songs. Oh shit! To so. play, but but they were uh, a lot of the links he sent were the songs that I'd already played on mm-hmm. the show, so that was a little confusing. <laughs> He's like, "These are the hits. Keep playing." <laughs> uh, so we went back and forth, and it was a little confusing. But then I heard nothing from him, and I figured, "Ah, right, whatever." And then New Year's Eve. So the first email from Soprano. So first of all, I'm on the. You can send if you want to send something to the show to be read on air. If you have a song or a, a sort of a sketch you want to play. The Hunter Davidson Radio Hour at gmail.com is where you would send that stuff. And, and most of it right now is all just like Instagram, Instagram, Google, 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 Adobe, RSS.com. Like that's the whole ins- that's the whole email account. And that's, you know, kind of a bummer. Yeah. But then November 3rd, uh, there was Soprano Silva in the in the email, which was like, wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and then so that was, you know, months ago. And then New Year's Eve, crazy time to send an email, right? Yeah. New Year's Eve. Let's see if I can get it. 7.36 a.m. New Year's Eve. So, oh, you shit. know, so the grind is Soprano not Silver and, yeah. and Christopher Rose, who might be Soprano Silver I, or maybe his manager. I can't tell. But you're right. The grind doesn't stop. New Year's Eve got a new track. Didn't see it until uh, like last week. And uh, I had a burp coming up. I'm trying to burp less into the microphone because like. some people don't like it. Some people are wrong. Some people don't know. I comedy. think I should be able to do whatever I want into the mic. Right. Um, anyways, uh, let's party mix one. Oh, I'm down in my inbox. Let's Soprano party. Silver. I I do get a little <laughs> a little nervous <laughs> downloading <laughs> files, strange files from from yeah, faraway this is lands. Totally music. But uh, he hasn't burned us so far, and I don't. And I, I feel like we have a good artistic working relationship. Yeah. What so. if what if this is like a long lost enemy of yours who's just trying, oh, to, trying to destroy to the podcast? Man. Through Let's Party Volume One. I you know. That's He's gonna be the only one party. That's I'll a theory that, that if I was more uh, Nixon-esque, <laughs> paranoid. If I was more paranoid in my life, that's something I'd think about. But again, I, yeah. I try to see the good in people and the right, good in folks. Right. And he just wants to party. And he just lets party mix one. So I'm thinking maybe me and you now, uh, we take a listen. Yeah, we take it. Yeah, yeah. Let's party mix one. It's a party, what's on my mind? Sipping Magnum and red wine. No mistaking, it's a night and dating. You know, we're gonna party like one of a kind. Into the party, you got to be bold. Step on the dance floor, lose control. While I'm flossing, all my ladies dancing. You know, we're gonna party like one of a kind. We party in the summer, in the winter, non stop. When I fit or two, come on a real top of top. Me neat and clean, watch how me woman them fat Right now me got the city lock and them no better than that Me swagger on me style, me drop it like it hot I want the money coil and me vehicle in top 
Christmas Some fun. people them <laughs> what say other boy they so I tell them I love man a promoter hold me head up to the top. Me only concern the music no slack. Select I keep it clean me reputation charge up. Go tell taxi gang we come pan the block we gonna party till the morning when the sun getting hot. So party what's on my mind? Sipping Magnum and red wine. No mistaking it's a night and day thing. You know we gonna party like one of a kind. Alright. Yeah. Nice. That's nice. Funny. I like that. Uh, that was the first minute uh, 20 of uh, Let's Party Mix One by Soprano Silva. Uh, that's Soprano uh, with A's. S-A-P-R-A-N-O. Okay. And Silva is in I'll lock that in. Anderson or, or Vanderlei or any of the UFC yeah, guys. Any Silva you prefer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thank you, Soprano Silva. I did like that one. I really liked how it started, too. I like the... That's a nice beat, right? That's, it sounded really good in these headphones. <laughs> it's a good beat. It sounded good here, and I'm sure it'll <laughs> sound good when you guys stream it and you guys listen to it. So uh, how, did, how did you get turned on to his music? Uh, it was a cold DM. I believe he slid in my DMs. Believe he had one day. I okay. One day I went on Instagram and saw I had a DM request, and there's a lot of bots in there. Sure, there's a lot of. You want to be sugar? A lot of women throwing themselves. You, you. I pay you eight hundred dollars a week to be my friend. Yeah, I'm like, "Mm, no. (laughs) Yes, please. Come on, man. Come on. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a taken man. You're not going to get me with that one, dude. Come on. Uh, but then I saw one that seemed uh, like a human sent it to me and not an Android AI yeah. Ultron robot. Yeah. And I said, All right, well, somebody took an interest in the show. That's not someone that I know personally. <laughs> that's pretty nice. <laughs> so, uh, of course, we had to connect and we had to link and build. Obviously, I fucked with his vision uh, and I think he fucks with ours. <laughs> I would imagine. So, is he coming on the pod? I believe he lives in Jamaica. So, if he ever. <laughs> well, we actually have. We got oh, we got friends of the show in Jamaica right now. That's so, maybe. True. I mean, uh, that's true. Uh, maybe one, if he ever makes it to LA, he's got an open invite to come on the program, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'd like it, uh, but we can move on now. That's the uh, the sponsored the Silva Hour, the, the, Silva, the Soprano Silva Hour, <laughs> Silva Minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we got you know, uh, as you know, as um, I think uh, loyal listeners of the program know, tomorrow I go under the knife. Yeah, how you feeling about Invasive. that? You ready? Uh, I think I am ready. You yeah. know, uh, definitely some nerves, a little nervous. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's that's normal to be feeling nervous before a major knee surgery. Yeah, I've never yeah. like I've gotten my wisdom teeth out, and I've gotten ton- I got a tonsillectomy when I was a kid, but I've never You're had one of those uh, kids who was just like yeah, always getting strep throat, strep throat every other week. Be like, little Hunter's got Jesus strep throat again, and it's like Jesus Christ, Hunter. God like, what are you damn. like? Are you swallowing doorknobs? Yeah, what like are you a, just licking everything? Which probably I, yeah. I think I would. You just seem you seem like a licker and dude. I, I was a big <laughs> <laughs> chewing on pencils and shit. <laughs> I was a big. Like hands in my mouth, kid. Dude. I was, I was, <laughs> yeah, it was gross. Uh, yeah. Trying to, I've replaced that with vaping. <laughs> a healthier, <laughs> yeah, a much better habit for you. No more germs in my mouth, just metal. Just chemicals that mm, mm. taste good. Yeah, what this? Uh, look, I don't want to, because 
I always fear one day, maybe one day, a family member will listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> one of your family members will finally look. <laughs> Lord knows they don't. No, and, and no, listen, no, no. yeah, I know yeah. that was a joke, and I don't quantify love for my family based on whether they listen to my podcast. No, like because my, yeah, my family doesn't like watch all my short films, and like fair enough, half and, of them are dog shit. Yeah, and and also you know a large large part of me doesn't want them to listen to this that's the other thing that i get yeah like because once once you feel once you know that your family is watching or participating in something you make you yeah. feel like you have to put, you put the governor on. on yeah absolutely yeah like I, my parents haven't heard me swear yet <sighs> Um, just because like wow. when I'm with them, like, I, I guess I code you can do that. <laughs> to talk to yeah. my parents. Yeah. I'm like, hello, mother and father. How Damn, are you? You're able to do that though. Yeah. I was so, did yeah. you swear a lot as like a child? No. Um, no. cause my parents were very strict. So Kay. if we ever said any swear words, we would have to eat soap. Oh, uh, nice. so we learned pretty Classic. quickly. Don't say anything that could even be considered bad in your safe. Yeah. So like. Even at school, when I got to middle school and that sort of thing, I was like, I can't I say understand. anything. I can't say, like, I would say ass and damn. And yeah. But It'd like, be like, but when you said <sighs> it, you'd be like, I'd be like looking for a teacher listening. or something. Yeah. We I'd, had a, we had a babysitter for a little bit who was very religious Yeah, and would, uh, if we ever, you know, even if we ever, I think like talked back, she would try to wash our mouths out with soap. But I remember yeah. I, I don't know if it was probably spoiled to be like, you're not, I I remember at one point being like, you're not going to do that to me. And she was like, <laughs> what? And I was like, no. But, but I said that because my father, like, because my father would get home from work yeah. and curse like a sailor. Like yeah, that's every other sentence was fuck fucking shit. God, you gotta be goddamn fucking kid. Like hard. Yeah. Which is what his dad was. And my mom didn't swear until I was older. Mm. And then she would let out like a shit. And I'd be like, Oh, somebody pissed you off (laughs) but i got to the point where and then like as like at school (laughs) with all my degenerate friends or whatever like we all just you know you you discover swear words and that's that's cap that's game over on that so by the time i was like 16 it was it became incredibly hard for me to turn that off so when i but but then i you know family gathering or like doing something to help the youth i like to get back to the youth a lot Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're around kids and you have to be like, I can't say fucking get, fuck me and my little butt right now. <laughs> These kids will be. <laughs> I can't say what my heart can't yearns say, fuck for. Fuck my right. dirty, hairy ass. <laughs> <laughs> you can't um, say a little dumb bitch. <laughs> yeah. Which I want to say. Yeah. How do we get here? Uh, something, something. Swearing. Swear. Surgeries parents, tomorrow. Surgery. Oh, parents watching this show. Yeah, right. Feeling like uh, we can't say, "Fuck yeah. me in my ass." Yeah, mom, sister. But it's <laughs> fine. It really is fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, but yeah. anyways, I was so the surgery's tomorrow. Yeah. And initially, there are episodes in the vault. Unfortunately, I don't. I think I deleted the Lance Lennon. Yeah, it's okay. we might have. I might still have just the audio somewhere that maybe I put out one day that'll be the patreon special episode once i get to do it once this thing gets patreon shit but uh uh there's like one of the jacob burko episodes in the vault you ever you met burko burko 
Ben's old roommate. Oh yeah, Burko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he came out to visit. Yeah, he came out Burko. to visit, and he was like, "Dude, you should put me on the pod." And I'm like, "All right." And <laughs> I think we talked about video games for 40 minutes, and then he had to <laughs> so like somehow worse than the yeah. opening five minutes <laughs> yeah, of this. Yeah. <laughs> it was like nice, and then he was like, "I have to." I think he was like literally going to his flight to leave. <laughs> I was like, yeah. like, I'm gonna After miss 40 my minutes. Flight. It's like, I gotta go. And I was like, okay. All right, well. So I, I, I recorded that maybe to uh, to release over Thanksgiving to winter break. And instead of doing that, I just didn't have an episode for a few weeks, <laughs> which I try not to funniest, do anymore. The funniest thing to just be like, actually, yeah, I'm not gonna drop it. anything. Yeah. Uh, happy Christmas. Um, but now I, I do think, so my initial plan was like, well, everyone, I t- you know, the doctor's like, probably two or three days, you really, you know, not going to want to do anything. And yeah. at first I was like, well, you don't need to stand up and move around to do a podcast. And now I'm thinking now that I, and, and I've talked to other people that have had the same procedure and uh, kind of the vibe I got is that I'm not going to be in a super talkative mood no. for like a little bit after. Yeah. Uh, my dad had an ACL surgery probably when I was 10 ish. Um, and yeah, he just kind of like up on on a couch for for like a week after didn't yeah you just want to like watch tv and just yeah. ice it and let it go so that's Not really so talk to anybody, yeah. yeah so for the next uh week week and a half that's what i'll be doing and so then i quickly realized well i'm not gonna leave my loyal faithful loving podcast audience without content for that stretch because that would be unfair yeah what, what do you call your fan base by the way hunterinos i have to think about that yeah i can't believe you haven't done this one what are the loyal uh i just i sort of just consider them my family honestly it's like <laughs> <laughs> we have a deeper sort of right. uh, uh no yeah, that's a I, good I, question I, you need to come up with a name for your the fans, name for the you know? fan base wow because every out of like the three podcasts that i've listened to over my yeah. my years on this planet they always have like some yeah kind of some some name for the they might be the sickos dude the sick fucks sick fucks the sick fucks those gross fucks the gremlins up. dude my fans might be the gremlins <laughs> just this <laughs> uh, yeah I think you should start verbally assaulting your fans on the podcast. <laughs> well the main <laughs> problem disgusting is disgusting degenerate the main thing is once I uh, I still think the vast vast majority of the people that listen to the show are people that I know personally. They yes. are my friends. Yes. That's most of the people. So they're listen. a bunch of just sick, sick, twisted, damaged fuckers. people. But, but eventually, uh, hopefully, that that net grows wider. Sure. And then once I kind of get a read on that new contingent and I see what what they're kind of dealing with, read the room. Then I think we can get an appropriate name yeah. uh, for our fans. But uh, so I, so I need to stack episodes. Is the whole point of that story? Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, well. I was going to just do. I've done uh, when Cash Bleasner came on the show. We we did some call-ins, and that mm-hmm. was kind of fun. I think, um, I think that's nice, and it, and it lets people, uh, you know, it lets everyone kind of be a part of the show. Yeah, and so uh, I figure we do that, and then I've been wanting to get you back. We we have a few things to talk about. I think we have three <coughs> or four specific things to talk about, and then maybe if that gives us an hour. Maybe I can bank two episodes off this little session, and you then, can. and then maybe we, me and you, make some calls, yeah, and we see how that goes. So um, I can always just riff and do dumb bits. Like yeah. I, this is maybe I yeah give you like the soundboard <laughs> and you can hit farts while we're talking. I can just talk. like like just run my hand around yeah. on it. Well, this is the radio hour, you know, yeah. and, I, and so that really to me feels like a radio show, which I yeah, like. Have Collins. The lines are hot, people. 
Call in right now. <laughs> Lines are hot. I know. I almost put on my, uh, I almost went on, my, on the Instagram for the show and put, you know, call in. Number? But then I was going to, was like, well, then I kind of have to put my cell phone number. I think that's funny. Show. I <laughs> think you should do that. I, you said that like it's a bad thing. I'm, I'm salivating. I, well, I, don't, I don't think it would, I don't think anything bad would happen. It would probably lead to something funny. One day, one oh, day we'll do yeah. that. Um, <laughs> uh, yesterday we went and saw, Oppenheimer. Yeah, we got that Sloppenheimer. We got Sloppy Toppy at Oppie. And mm. uh, the first time I saw the film uh, was right before I moved out here. Mm-hmm. And I was racked with what I imagine or I don't... What is an ulcer? What is a stomach it's, ulcer? It's like when your your stomach acid starts burning a hole in the yeah. lining. Um, and you can just get those, right? Yeah, kind you can you stress. can get them from like stress and anxiety, just because like the stomach acids will be. Yeah, so that was it. Was probably the the most, uh, as far as I can remember, the single most stressed and anxious I've ever been in my life. So I was, yeah. and that was resulting in immense stomach pain. <laughs> One might say an ulcer. It perhaps. felt ulcerative. Per <laughs> ulcer chance. adjacent. Yeah. Uh, so that's that was my viewing experience of the first Oppenheimer, which but that was kind of a cool movie to see at that time. And mm-hmm. in my head, I was kind of thinking because it, it it opens with him being very homesick and like right. fucked up about moving away. Which at first I was like, oh great, uh, there, there's me on there in a month or whatever, which didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, and then but then I I was kind of looking forward to being like, well, whatever anxiety I'm feeling. There's no way, like, when I see the anxiety that Oppenheimer had, you know, after he yeah. did the fucking... <laughs> what did he do on that? After he fucking <laughs> did some things. He did. You guys, Oppenheimer did a thing. I'm <laughs> posting an Instagram <laughs> so story. Oppenheimer so I did, did a thing. thing. <laughs> and it's just, like, Hiroshima. It's Nagasaki <laughs> off the map. Um, it's, like, horrific aftermath yeah, footage. It's, it's the slides that he's looking yeah. at. In the <laughs> yeah. So I did a thing. Um, and you're just swiping through the slides. Uh, like, oh, boring. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. You're special. <laughs> uh... And it didn't make me feel better, unfortunately. That's great. That's really surprising that a movie about the traumas of nuclear war and the didn't make me feel better about my. I, I was hoping that by that uh, sort of like juxtaposition with me and Oppenheimer, yeah. it would make me feel better. And ultimately, I it just kind of stayed the same. And I had to leave the theater a couple times because yeah. I thought I was gonna have an epi- a stomach incident, an accident, oh. Oh. and I didn't want Uh-oh. that to happen. Um. So this was a much more enjoyable time and we got to see it how it was meant to be seen in 70 millimeter on imax big on the big screen it's so big it's tall it's, it's you really have to do this to get all the visual information i like that i, I like kind of do too. I, I, I ever since i've gotten out here we, we always sit like really far back from the screen but i kind of like it when i'm up close and i'm like like searching the frame, you know. It's like a big painting. Yeah, yeah. Like you get lost in the image. Not to be too pretentious, but so well, no, no. Yeah. It, that's what it's all about. Yeah. I get and uh, I have a question for you that I that I think maybe you can answer. So we're we're also watching. Um, Justin's been watching Seinfeld. He hadn't seen Seinfeld before, and so we're watching it mm-hmm. on Netflix. And Netflix has like the, uh, they got the original film prints or whatever and so now it's full aspect ratio okay instead of the, the original yeah. yeah 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 and uh but you lose some it looks really nice and it looks full and pretty and cool but you lose some stuff top and bottom 
Yeah. From the original. So I'm wondering, and I'm hoping you can answer this, on Oppenheimer, when I saw Oppenheimer in not 70 millimeter IMAX, mm-hmm. was that a compressed? Yeah. That was full, the full thing was compressed. It wasn't cropped. It's so at least the way that I think it works is it's more of a crop in on like that big 70 millimeter frame than it is a compression. Okay. Because uh, when you when you go from 70 millimeter, like the, the actual like film frame of a 70 millimeter screening print is like a square. Whereas in so many of the, the aspect ratios in the film types that we're used to, like 35 and 16, those are more like rectangular shapes. Um, so when you're moving from something like an IMAX to a more rectangular form, you're kind of left with not much of a choice but to chop off those, okay. those top and bottom segments and like Got it. like zoom in on. Uh, right. So you, you're technically, to an extent, getting a fuller image um, when, when you're doing the 70 millimeter because it's allowed to blow up to this height. Right, right. Uh, but just the way that the aspect ratio works, you aren't able to like condense into an image because it's just like two different shapes and it's hard to go from that square shape to the wider rectangular shape without cropping in without, yeah fucking that's yeah. interesting i think that's really interesting yeah. and um i mean really that is i think i am biased because <coughs> and we talked about this when your roommate max was on the show mm-hmm. love chris nolan so much Yep. Um, and I think when I left when I left the theater the first time on top of all the, you know, head shit, I was like, yes, that's going to end up being one of my favorite uh, movies of the year, mm-hmm. but also kind of thinking like par for the course for Nolan. Um, yeah. But when I saw it this time, I think I was able to really kind of appreciate it and be very taken with it. I was very... Yeah. But I said to you as we left, as I get older... I do feel some of Christopher Nolan's dialogue is a little, <coughs> um, I don't want to say like amateurish or sophomoric, but some of it feels a little, I don't know, maybe melodramatic or just like almost come easy. On. Like, come like, on. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I found that especially in The Dark Knight. This yeah. is, I, I, I like The Dark Knight. Yeah. I don't love The Dark Knight. I think it's a good Batman movie, but I have I, more leeway for the Batman movies with in regards to that because it is like com- it's yeah it, it does more or less made there. for kids. But even going back and rewatching something like Inception, it's just yes. like like a barrage of exposition Ugh. and and character beats and love is the only thing that can transcend space and time. Yeah, <laughs> Interstellar. I think he's a little bit better at disguising the exposition. Obviously, that line is like Ugh. fucking. Bad. Takes me out of the movie, and I'm yeah. so invested in the movie up to that point. And then I hear that line, and I go, Bleh. "Yeah, like so much of Inception is just like hurling handfuls of dialogue at you that just explain away." And and honestly, that's the whole reason the Elliot Page character exists. Yeah, is because then we have a character <laughs> yeah. that we have an in-universe reason to why we can just scream exposition right. at the audience like, for long yeah. stretches of. We're teaching it a second because yeah. yeah, we're teaching Elliot. So now you get to. To listen along, dear audience, and it's like, yeah, but also, shut up. Yeah, like, but I, also, yeah, are we babies? Yeah, I, I get that this is a confusing concept, but, but then, also like, but then he, yeah. but then he needs to do that because then you get Tenet, and you I don't love, know what the fuck. Oh my I god, Tenet. you and Max, I loved. <laughs> god damn it's, it, dude! It's one of his best directed movies, because I think I think up up until Interstellar, he's not a good director. He's a good <sighs> writer, but like. 
I think the way that he he frames and blocks and and composes scenes is just kind of boring. wow. I see. I mean, maybe I got maybe I do for a lot of rewatches, but that for me, it's like despite his slight shortcomings as a writer as I see them like he has such a brilliant knack for just like putting the pieces together for like getting the people he wants yeah he's the, great in at the that. things that he wants he's great and, at that and like showing it to you I think he's just fucking but I don't want to talk about Nolan the whole time I want to talk a little bit more about Oppenheimer specifically just because we just saw yeah, it yeah 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 uh what do you what do you take what do you make of people I saw I read a letterbox review <laughs> from the finest of reviews from a really really smart person the finest place <laughs> from to, to collect assortments of reviews based on the way they wrote this review they might be the smartest person in the world okay that's what that's what it might seem i'm like. ready for you to like read my own review back they, i think th- i think this person at least <laughs> might think they might be the smartest person in the okay. world. okay but they said that this was uh it was fitting that this was nolan's first biopic because he because it's he really sees himself in Oppenheimer and he and and the Manhattan project portion of the film the whole Mm -hmm. from like them getting to Los Alamos to the test scene is like a mirror uh, parallel for the filmmaking process yeah I think I think that's one way you can read the movie for sure I mean, he like that's that's a way you can read Inception. Yeah, I that, think, that's is, what they said. Like, ju- similarly to Inception, I think, and this is something that I've talked to Max about. I think my read on the movie is it's him tearing down the idea of like the special man or like the powerful man because that's kind of a trope that he does use early on with like his Dark Knight movies or with Inception, yeah. where it's like there's uh, this one great man, this great figure who's yes. like better than people in some way. He knows and more. Yeah, he, he knows more, more. He's more capable. Yeah. And we should like honor and revere that man. Obviously, that is a bit of a problematic. And this is a teardown of yeah. that. Cool. Yeah, because like that, that's obviously not a great philosophy to have to be like, we should worship these mm-hmm. figures who we perceive to be better than us in some capacity. Interesting. And Oppenheimer, I think Dunkirk through Oppenheimer is Nolan responding to that. Uh, Cause yeah. Oppenheimer is very much like, here's this figure who's great at this one thing who on paper we should revere, but also he's responsible, responsible yeah, for destruction hundreds and of hundreds thousands and thousands of deaths and, wow. and all those sorts of things. That's good. And I, and I really want to rewatch Dunkirk now. I lo- Dunkirk is my favorite Nolan. And I also want to rewatch now that you said that, and a movie that that Christopher Nolan didn't write or direct, but I think is pretty heavily credited on, which is Man of Steel. What are your thoughts on Miss Zack Snyder's Man of Steel? I I want to rewatch. Zack Snyder seems like a lovely guy. Listen, but I don't <laughs> like a lot of Zack Snyder movies. I really don't. I th- the I trailer for Man of Steel is the best movie trailer ever. Dispute that. Why don't Checkmate. you? I've been had, dear dun, dear listeners. Dun, the fucking music in that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just think he's But a, still, I think uh, that goes back to... Yeah. Uh, I think that would play... I could see how Nolan maybe would have gotten some of those sprinkled... Some yeah, of his and little... I, and I think that's before he recognized what he was doing was like... 
Ooh, ideologically a little a bad. T- kind of a not awesome philosophy. Yeah, because even with like Interstellar, he still has traces of that philosophy where it's like this one great pilot. At least he's yeah. on a team, but there's still like an element to it. He's the one that's going to do this. By the time he gets yeah. to Dunkirk, he's fully like, oh, it takes all of us working yeah. in lockstep to like, achi- like, it isn't just about one of us, it's right. about all of us as a collective humanity uh, working together to accomplish this. And I think everything from Dunkirk on is him. And I think Oppenheimer most explicitly is him being like, sorry, guys, I was a little bit wrong. I may have been wrong. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's his most like, whoops. I was maybe don't listen to all that (laughs) shit that I said earlier. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we shouldn't give one man the power to spy on all of us. That's a bad idea. (sighs) Yeah, well, and that's Batman, right? Yeah, yeah, that's Batman. Batman. That's the Dark Knight. Um, Man. I gotta watch Dunkirk again for sure. For uh, yeah. sure. Love, for love, sure. love Dunkirk. Um, so you think uh, Oscars Oscar nominations just dropped? I mean, Max be... did our. We we tried to <laughs> guess what the what the board was gonna do. The board. The board. The committee. What the fuck? What the chamber. The of selection Thomas. committee. The HOA. The <laughs> <laughs> we tried to guess what they were gonna do. Uh, I don't know if we got it exactly right. Uh, what are your general thoughts on the noms? I'm going to be fully honest here. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about awards. Mm, that's um, nice. And I... Oh, stop it. Stop it. Badass. I only do it so I can look better and be better than everybody yeah, I that's know. that's nice. Yeah. Um, and you do have, again, <laughs> <laughs> the moral high ground. Yeah. I, morally, nice. I'm better than everybody. No. Um, I just... Uh, I remember I hit a point because I did care for a while, but it was right around like freshman or sophomore year in college where I was just like, why the fuck am I so upset? Most of my favorite movies didn't even get nominated. Yeah, most of my favorite movies, they don't even care about. Yeah, like it's it's awards. And this isn't just an issue with like awards as a concept, but more just like the way that film awards are run like the Oscars and Golden Globes. They're very elitist. You know, it's Mm -hmm. always dramas or those types of movies not saying those types of movies are bad per se but there's plenty of other genres that deserve love yeah. and like adoration <laughs> right and also yeah i mean i think uh the academy has been like for decades people have been like oh well the academy is gonna like that movie but i, I feel like especially in the last 10 years people have been like well they don't know what the fuck they're doing they're yeah. they're you know racist misogynistic dinosaurs in there so why the fuck do people care but then every year something doesn't get picked and people are upset for no reason it's like yeah sure i get that it's frustrating that these movies aren't nominated for for like bigoted reasons yeah Yeah. that is tough fucked up and and it is and like the end all be all validation like the final stamp of validation that you can get in this industry is like it is an oscar Oscar. Um, which is that is frustrating it is it is frustrating and i do get that but i just think like as a concept i when i make stuff it's not for that for me i like all of the satisfaction i get out of making something is personal and and i, right. I think to to hang my hat on so much of getting an award because you see so often like wow bradley cooper wants an award <laughs> yeah, yeah. touch fucking grass yeah. like i i don't know what to tell you you You've reached a level of fame and success that most people won't ever accomplish. Yeah. And you that's probably like, have nine figure wealth. Like, who cares? And it just for me, because of the way the Oscars are run, because it's so heavily political, it's always like yeah, bigger. It's like it's, now. it's mainstream yeah. movies that always get nominated and win. It's not like outsider art or independent movies that typically get it. So it, it just becomes like another thing for rich people to conquer, at least in my eyes. Man. I'm not saying don't celebrate movies. I think the concept of celebrating like the best of the best movies at the end of the year is great. But at the same time, 
why are we trying to take something subjective and cram it into an objective box? Damn. Is, For is, sure. That's that's just my biggest hang up is like movies are subjective. That's why I love art is because like you can see something, get one thing out of it. Like with the Oppenheimer review, I can see something and get something completely totally different out of that. Yeah. And and to be like, well, we have to award one of these movies that yeah. it's the absolute best of the year. And that's it. I, I find that kind of disappointing that a year of like filmmaking is it's boiled down it's boiled to down that. to just like this is the best and it's like yeah. oh we cool. found it you won the movie <laughs> we this got year. to the bottom of the yeah. case and it's like what is this like the fucking super bowl I that's mean, interesting and and the other like uh so barbie's the big the big everyone's up in arms about barbie which by the way yeah. a the biggest snub of the year was iron claw i'm gonna get that out of the way <laughs> right now uh-huh. you can if uh-huh. you know bar keep the fact that Zac Efron and no no part of Iron Claw was given even a little tiny bone thrown their way <laughs> is enough for me to lose full faith in the Academy. But I did see, I saw the New York Times op-ed. Did you see the headline? No. I, I stay so far from the awards discourse. And it was, uh, it said, uh, maybe if Barbie had... Uh, worked for as a sex worker or you know <laughs> been involved in an accidental murder plot or you know lived in the osage or whatever maybe oh, then no. that's what it said oh, that's what it said serious? it said maybe if barbie was in the circumstances of anatomy of a fall or poor things or killers of the flower moon maybe then maybe if we had maybe if we had to put this woman through emotional a psychological warfare maybe then she would have gotten a nomination and Part of me is like, yes, I what you said earlier about like, you know, movies can be fun too. Yeah. Like we yeah. can movies, really can enjoy and love a movie yeah. that's not. But it's also like we also kind of do know that the Academy does really like those when people really put themselves through hell. Yeah, and it's to get a. I understand that it is worse for women, but it's also just like Academy taste broadly, where they just like yeah. to see people suffering. We like to see someone go through a real fucked up thing. I mean, I mean, look at like the history of like movies for people of color yeah. winning like it's always yes. like trauma bait like 12, 12 years, years a slave yeah. and, and that type of shit and it's like yeah they just like to see people suffering and giving like traumatized performances that's it's it's showy it's flashy it's not actually yeah. what's the best performance it's what's like the most performance and it's all like i have when i read about oscar snubs i have the same <laughs> the same thought i get when i see all-star snubs for basketball every year <laughs> when the basketball stay with me stay with me because i this is i do think a, a good point Every year, you know, people say this guy got snubbed from the All Star Game. Uh, fucking Tyrese Halliburton, he's gonna make it this year. Whatever, you know, whoever <laughs> pick whoever. Anthony Davis yeah, yeah, last yeah, yeah, yeah. last year, Anthony Davis and Clay Thompson didn't make. It. A lot of people think they should. Yeah. And a now you get to talk about career awards. Jamie Lee Curtis last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, arguably, I don't know who it is. Somebody kind of got one that people were like, well, it was, it was Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Well, and, but I saw one this year that people were like, that's kind of a career one. And it's like, okay, well, are we putting someone in because of the strength of their whole career? And they kind of earned it off that or, yeah. or what they did this year. And then the big thing for me is, okay, sure. That guy got snubbed from the all-star game. He played an all-star level season. They gave an Oscar worthy performance. They deserve it. Yeah. Who do you take off the team? Who do you take off the list? And that's when I really, and you know, I, I I did leave Barbie feeling like really uh, impressed and taken with what Greta Gerwig was able to do, given a, a blank check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
on seemingly a, uh, you know, a, a stifling creative, you yeah. know, concept. And I thought she did amazing with it. But um, is it the best movie of the year? I don't, I don't think I don't so. Think so. I mean, I, it got a best picture now, and it's like and it, just because it's not the best movie of the year doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. And that's that's what yeah. infuriates me about having something like yeah. the Oscars is then the end goal becomes. What's my vape, Whoa. dude? <laughs> Didn't do it again. What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, that was the aliens are talking to us. Sorry about that. Sorry to interrupt your yeah. train of thought with a vape. Um, do you remember where you were? <laughs> uh, you can still enjoy a movie. Yeah, you can still enjoy a movie. And when you like gamify movies like this, then the end goal just becomes like, ah, is this movie that I loved going to get an, an award? Right. And like, we maybe? boiled art down to Twitter fights. Yeah, and that's that's what that's what really like the 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 online conversation around. The Oscars is so fucking annoying. Yeah, I it's mean, just like the most insufferable arts majors from your college, just like bickering yeah. in a really embarrassing way. And it's like, I know you guys are smarter than this. Like, right? Why? I've heard, I've talked to you. Yeah, like you why know, are you yeah. why are you throwing around just like the dumbest takes I've seen? Like, and like maybe yeah. <laughs> I think you know Margot Robbie was good in Barbie. She's she's she gives a good performance. <laughs> good. Like that's she played thought, she yeah. played Barbie well. She she did what she needed to do. If so, yeah. I don't know. Sorry, I don't want to talk. Sorry about that there's like five other women who gave good performances. <laughs> like it happens. It would be, and I know a lot of people don't think this is funny. I'm still going to say it because I think it's funny. <laughs> if Ryan Gosling and, whoa, whoa. If Gosling and <laughs> yeah, Hunter, you can't say I'm that. I'm not going to. I know a lot of people don't think it's funny, but <laughs> no, 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 no. we'll cut that. We'll cut that. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't think this is funny. Right. I think it it would be maybe ironic's the better word to use. Yeah. It would be a classic bit of irony if Gosling is the only guy to win an award. It would be hilarious. Well, <laughs> it would suck. It would go against obviously. Obviously, it goes against the central theme of the movie. It's kind of funny, but that's kind of my problem with the movie. Is like <laughs> he is the best performance. <laughs> As like like I, like coming out of that movie, I, I was like, it is a little self defeating to have your most fun character and like most interesting character be the guy. Yeah, and uh, I kind of thought America Ferrera, who like I like, but I I didn't think it was. Kind of thought the daughter was more interesting than her. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was because of the monologue she gave. Yeah. Which is a fine monologue. It's good. We probably shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's such, this is I. Uh, I, I we probably shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> going on the monologue. My my biggest monologue? no my biggest takeaway from Barbie is like it's the most 2013 feminism I've ever seen. <laughs> like this Explain. is feminism that like my parents would agree with. Uh-huh. They'd be like, oh yeah, we think women should have rights, and it's like yeah, no fucking shit. This yeah, is, they did a hundred years ago. Yeah, too. like like ten years have gone past since these politics would have been marketable and i understand that this is a mainstream movie i understand there has to be some kind of palatability but it doesn't really like push any kind of message that isn't like at least a little bit outside of the box and i remember i got like the group of people that i saw barbie with including well, i won't say it <laughs> <laughs> i got like some real significant pushback when i was like it felt weird to me that like the 
you know, a pretty significant part of that. The main antagonist of the film is the Mattel people. Yeah. I hate that subplot. This is like it's it's I, I hated that so much because it's like it's good PR bullshit. Yeah. Like Mattel had to sign off on that. They weren't saying anything that Mattel wasn't okay with. It's the Mattel it's Mattel the movie. Yeah. Like like I, that that really frustrated me too, because it's like Mattel's not gonna let them get away. Like they're not getting one over on Mattel. Mattel saw this and they were like, Oh, this is gonna make people like us. When yeah. we like give it's some really soft seem criticism. Self aware and yeah. And like we know, we have our finger on the pulse. We know, yeah, we're the good guys here. That that like, subplot sucked. I thought Will Ferrell wasn't really that funny. I I mean, I actually I, I thought he gave like a decent enough performance, but every time we like, I was instantly jarred. Anytime, anytime we had to look at the evil, evil Mattel, yeah. how dare they? Who bad. signed off on this movie? And then I'm like, this is the movie. Yeah, they signed. Like they okayed this. They saw this cut. They wouldn't have let anything into theaters that made them look remotely bad. Right. And I think the the pushback that I got when I said that right after the movie was yeah. like, well, what would you like? What what would you? That's not Greta's fault. Okay, then don't include. Oh, my whole thing was just like, sorry. don't include it. Don't. Doesn't, that doesn't necessarily make it a good movie. Like, I don't yeah. think that in hand. Like, I, my, my thing is, is like, just don't bring it up. Then, like, I. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely. making it like, like, plenty of directors make studio movies, but they don't feel they need to be like, actually, we're the good guys. Yeah. Like, we're the little guy. No, you're still, you're still Mattel. Like, yeah. There's no shame in in making your big budget movie, but like, stop trying to act like you're better than it. Like, you're you're still making a big budget movie, and you're still having to cooperate with the corporations. But that's just like the way the industry works. Tough. Yeah, it's weird. I don't. And ultimately, like, and this was in my letterbox review for Barbie, which is just like. Oof. Just fucking go watch the Barbie movie and don't, yeah. and just don't. You're gonna have fun. You're gonna don't like look it. for anything else in it. Don't look for deeper truths about whatever. Just yeah. go watch the Barbie movie and be like, I'm having fun watching the Barbie. That's movie. that was my takeaway. As right? I was like, this is fun. This is enjoyable. Yeah, it's not like any kind of political or ideological yeah. revelation. No, it's just fun. It's it's a, a hoot and a holler. <clears throat> well, I guess we'll. Uh, We'll move off uh, movies for a little bit. <laughs> we'll stop mansplaining Barbie. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> that there's some people that, that listen to probably turned off the podcast yeah. when we got into that. But yeah, um, no, no, no. I I'm actually just gonna pull up the Wikipedia page and read the plot, <laughs> but like in a really snarky, I'm like what the like fuck? white guy what voice. Like but yeah, yeah, and that and like I don't. I don't want my criticisms to make like I did like the movie. No, yeah, that's I I enjoyed Barbie. I don't like but make I, no mistake. But then I watched Oppenheimer right after. It was, it was better. And then I watched Oppenheimer. It was a lot better. This fucking the guy that lives here. Yeah, he's wrong. He's yeah. You've he's heard his take. Uh, oh right? yeah, no, he put Wonka above Oppenheimer. He thought Oppenheimer was like the twentieth best movie that came yeah. out. I was like, dude, like, you're fucking no, crazy. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, don't. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, kill. <laughs> um. Lance, it's been uh, it's been a good couple weeks for us as football fans. That it has. I'm I'm wearing. I'm sure the camera can't see it, but I have a shirt with a little lion on it. You got so. the Detroit lion on your chest. I do, as you should, because we're living in. I mean, did you ever? Did you ever? No, no. <laughs> you never thought, right? I yeah, no. It's. I mean, the first or the last playoff win win was a decade before I was born. We weren't alive. Um, I. We've talked about this off pod, but I've I grew up watching just abysmal abysmal football. Yeah, me, me and you like we. That's why it's it's been. Uh, I mean, God, it's I get very emotional about sports. 
because mm-hmm. um, I think they're the best pure emotion, stakes, tension, yeah. you know, battle, the yeah. uh, best stories that life can give you. And uh, it always works me up, especially when, you know, the lines are just so emblematic of the city i guess <laughs> of the state and i don't want to <laughs> fall into cliches but like shitty for a long time and then kind of really good i mean c- just keep getting fucked like yeah keep getting fucked over yeah despite hard work and good it's people that keep coming out. through yeah. and loyal the fans are so loyal and um you said it man we i remember sitting on my on the floor of my grandpa's house watching 2008 the last game of the season against I think it was against the Packers yeah and my grandpa just losing his mind being like they're going to go 0 and 16 this is it we've this is the worst football team we've ever seen like my grandpa yeah. was pushed to conspiracy theories by the Detroit Lions he he thought he thought that 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 the coach <laughs> in the eighties, like had dirt on the Ford family, and he thought the Fords had dirt on the commissioner. He thought there was some crazy like that was how bad and hopeless yeah. this football team. A, a sound man of of logic and reason was pushed to Grasping, conspiracy yeah. theories, and so yeah, we saw we saw the worst. We saw really the best athletes I've ever seen. I mean, when I think about Calvin Johnson, yeah. When I think about Indomitian Sue, when I think about Matthew Stafford losing his shoulder. And then nobody else being on those teams besides those two. <laughs> oh, come because on. Because those, those we, rookie I know, contracts I know me and so you could big. go back and forth naming yeah. Lions from the tw- early 2010s, yeah, but dude. I, I, it's going to be like a Mikhail Lashore or something. Kyle like Vandenbosch, yeah. dude. <laughs> Joyke Bell. <laughs> Holy shit. Brandon Pettigrew. Steven Tullock. <laughs> To name some more. Louis Delmas. Dude. Yeah. God damn. We <laughs> Tony <keep> go- <laughs> Fuck, man. These like, are, these we, are heavy we hitters. We watched all that. Yeah. We watched all of it. Yeah. They, bad teams, bad games. Like and heartbreaking losses. And hopeless, like starting a season without hope. Every team is supposed to have hope at the start. In week one, Gone. you're supposed to be like, maybe anything can happen. It's the NFL. Anything can happen. <laughs> You start seasons as a Lions fan being like, maybe they win a few home games to make the home crowd happy. Yeah. <laughs> like when they go, like that was maybe we have an. Uh, I sure a hope Pro I have Bowler. a good time at this game. And then to have, and I saw like I'm sure I'm sure you've been locked in. Similarly, like for me after Michigan won, I was just like, feed me all of the Michigan yeah. content you can yeah, fucking show me. me. And it's been this, I'm sure it's been the same way for you with the Lions. Yeah. And the ones that get me are the are the old heads, dude. Ben, oh, like the Benjamin Cap yeah. or whatever. And the stories of of like I saw one. I think it was Brad Galley, the De- the Detroit reporter, that was like, I've just been going around asking Lions fans like what this means to them, and everyone being like, so many people bringing up their oh, I just got emotional. <laughs> so many people bringing up their ancestors. You know their their parents or their grandparents, and just being like, I wish they could see this, dude. Yeah, and that's what the last two weeks has been having a uh, you know we we watch a lot of sports around here with yeah. people from all over, and but me and you, we're locked in on a wavelength that I think I don't think anybody else here has because we've watched 
Michigan and the Lions since we were yay high. Yeah. Yeah. And that's we've seen a lot of suffering for these teams. We've we've c- endured countless heartbreaks. And I don't want to discredit anyone else, like especially our friends that went to Michigan. Like I don't want to discredit their fandom, but like we fucking I saw do. <laughs> I do. I <laughs> I know you shouldn't gatekeep, but there's there's like that little half of my brain that uh, whenever we start talking sports, I'm like, you don't fucking. You weren't there it. for trouble. Like with they'll the snap. talk about how excited they are for for the championship and like that yeah. we won. It's like you don't understand. Dude. I I have seen I've seen us lose to Toledo. I saw us nearly lose to Akron. I saw us get dog walked <sighs> by so many teams. I've seen I so saw, many Ohio State blowouts. You don't I, I, understand. I went to Meyer in middle school, and they were handing out tickets to the Michigan yeah. game. The first Michigan game I went Dave to. Dave Brandon. We, we've, oh. Yeah. The first Michigan game I went to was the Akron one where we nearly lost. It was <sighs> like a one-score game. And I just remember like like leaving with my dad in disappointment, just like Jesus Christ. That's what it is. I'm like, this is our team. I thought we were the leaders and best. Like, what the fuck? I remember being before this was before I got into football, so I must have been five. And going to my dad's uh, break room at work, and they had the last game of the Rich Rod era <sighs> playing, and people are booing. It's at Michigan. Everyone's yeah. booing, and my dad's just going, God, Hunter. Hunter, this is not what it's like. This is not what Michigan football is like. And I remember just being like, whatever, That's, dude. <laughs> you <laughs> could fool whatever. me, yeah. And uh, Michigan, but the Lions, I mean, uh, t- two grandparents, two grandfathers, yeah. diehard sports guys that went their whole lives yeah. without seeing a Lions Super Bowl and a dad that that genetically passed down a cynicism <laughs> about Lions. Like he told me never emotionally invest in this team. They will always let you down. Yeah. And it, um, God, it moves me. That's, that's kind of how my dad is. He's, he's like built a wall yeah, to numb himself. That's what it is. Like, because, the, because the, at the start of the, the Dan Campbell era, I was very much like gung ho. Because uh-huh. I had been absolutely burnt out uh-huh. and just like emotionally ravaged by yeah. the Matt Patricia era. Just because, yeah. like, well, that was probably the worst. The most pathe- I felt the worst. That was the most pathetic I've ever seen the Lions be. Just because we looked like a team that just didn't care. And it was like, it wasn't like we had assembled a staff that was trying. It was like the guy hired his friend. Bob yeah. Quinn hired all his friends. And it, it, it just. And they're all fucking around. And ugh. it just seemed like a team that didn't want to be there <sighs> every game. Um, so I remember being so excited for the Dan uh-huh. Campbell and my dad just being like, I've seen this before. I have the screenshot I've of text. <laughs> my dad said, Detroit will chew him up and spit him yeah. out. That's what he said. <laughs> and, and, even, and it looked that way for uh, for one second, maybe. Yeah. I, I even showed him the, the hard knocks season mm-hmm. with the Lions, and mm-hmm. my dad was like, you're buying into Not this buying. shit. Yeah. You look at you. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm excited. And then 9 and 8 happened, and even then he was still a little... Felt a little bit. Maybe we're moving A little hesitant. Right. And then yeah. this season he's he's fully swung around. I think he's... He's watching the games on his own, which is a huge step. That is crazy. Because he used to, especially during Patricia, he kind of just like. My dad, he was like, I'm not, I'm not going to waste my weekends anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> watching this bullshit, I'll just be in a bad For mood. For us to go four and yeah, 12. I'll be in a horrible shit. mood. Yeah. There's no point. And um, it's just special, guys. I don't I don't know what we can say beyond that to demonstrate it's, it's what it means. Yeah. For me, it's like 
the bonds you make over sports, you know, with your your family, your friends, and and the memories that you make at these games. The first football game memory I have is... uh, the the Michigan Notre Dame game under the lights with the <sighs> Denard Robinson comeback because uh, I was damn a- my sister was there <sighs> I know I watched it on TV and was so jealous of me her. too um, and I remember I was up at my my grandma's cottage up in uh, the the thumb of Michigan with my nice. mom and my older brother uh, and we were like just doing kind of like yard work helping my grandma out uh, missed most of the first half of the game. And it was near the end and we're sitting down and we're just, me and my older brother are watching. And my mom was like getting pissed at us because we were up so late. And she's like, Michigan's losing. They're going to lose. Go to bed. And I I remember the one thing I said is there's always time left in the football game. And she got kind of, she didn't like it, but she let us finish the game. And by the end, I was like jumping up yeah. and down because we came back and won. And I God was damn. like, Jeremy Gallon. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like <sighs> pointing at the TV screen. <sighs> like, look, at I well, I told you we there's time. I there's always time left in the game. And that was one thing that Michigan gave you. I mean, Michigan would give you even in the I mean, what, what do you make of the first two Brady Hoke years? Was that carryover from Rich Rod's recruiting that he I, got to implement? I think season one was carryover. And I think Denard carried Hoke. I mean, Denard so Rob, and and I was so, uh, you know, I'm so glad that he found a, a home on the staff at Michigan and was yeah. able to get a ring this yeah. year because he was the one that made me the love Michigan football. The only silver lining to those those years was him. But he also made me love the other players on. I mean, I Jeremy Gallon, Roy Roundtree, Dennis Norfleet. Yeah, like I remember those guys <laughs> because of Denard Robinson. Because Denard. I no, honestly, my my prescription to the Brady Hoke is I just don't think he was ready for such a big school. Yeah. Because uh, we kind of plucked him out of power or group five yeah. obscurity and, and launched him there. Because, like, he's doing well at San Diego right, State right that. now. Uh, but his thing is, like, he wouldn't wear a headset. He wouldn't do all this stuff. And yeah. sure, that might work at a, a smaller school. But when you're in a stadium Dude, of 100,000 yeah. people coaching in against, Michigan, like, the best teams, you can't yeah. You can't do that. It just doesn't, doesn't work. It's crazy, but it's all Michigan put that all behind them. Yeah, that's erased it all. I've I've long maintained that you can tell who was a Michigan fan before Harbaugh and after Harbaugh by the way they responded to Harbaugh. Yeah, if they think he's a bad coach, clearly they've never seen they bad didn't football. See it, yeah, um, because he took a five-win team and turned it around to a ten-win team in Instantly. one season. Yeah, one season, which is genuinely like outstanding coaching. Yeah, because um, th- I I will call out a family member right now. My Go older ahead. brother, uh, he didn't watch as much football as I did growing up. So he got spoiled by the Harbaugh era. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when Harbaugh went like, I think, nine and four or something like that, or just had kind of like a mad year, he was one of the people calling for him to get fired and like he's a bad coach and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, we got to we got to we got to wait. He's a good coach. Historically, he's done well. He he turned around this Michigan team. You have no idea what bad Michigan football is like. Yeah, um, I will say I rode for Harbaugh. From when he was 2014, was that when 2015 he 15, got here? 15. From 15 to 19, I rode for him hard despite everything. And my Shane Werner, who we might end up calling later, my cousin, <laughs> was a Michigan State fan yeah. until he graduated high school and got into Michigan. Right. And went there and I lived with him. And he was so, couldn't believe that Harbaugh couldn't get the job done. And I was like, dude, when trouble with the snap happened, you were making fun of me. You were yeah. a Michigan State fan. 
you. <laughs> like, shut up. And yeah. then 2020 happened, and I was like, I think maybe it's time. Like, I don't know who I don't know who out there is better for the job than Harbaugh, but it, maybe it's time to restart with a younger guy. And like this, I don't think he's. I don't think we're gonna get over the hump with him. And then. Obviously, all that. Yeah. Um, I quickly shut up. Yeah. And all that changed. No, I, I think 2019 was the most frustrated I was w- with him just because, like, it, it, it was just a, a, an, a weird <laughs> year. It. it was, it just felt like the most heartbreaking. Um, 2020, obviously, he caught a lot of shit for that year. Justifiably. However, I long maintain that the COVID year is a bad measure of any coaches. Yeah. Quality, I agree. Just I agree. because, and, and like, the knee jerk reaction is to fire. Yeah, that coach. Clean house. Uh, but I was like, no, I I think it's just a weird COVID year. He couldn't adjust to it. Some coaches could, other coaches couldn't. I mean, like Jimbo Fisher went like nine and one. Yeah. Where is he working now? Nowhere. Is he? He got fired. Yeah, he got fired. <sighs> what was his buyout clause? Seventy. Bees. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I want to get off Michigan and the line. I mean, the Lions did so. That, so at the time of recording. Nash, NFC Championship on uh, right. on Sunday, man. It's uh, I mean, I kind of don't want to talk about it. I don't <laughs> want to talk about it either. I don't want to jinx it. I'm I'm nervous. I, it's just it it's been it's been a crazy fun ride. Yeah, and even if we get absolutely stomped in this game, at the end it's of, been a great at season. the end of both of the playoff wins the last two weeks, man. I just think about everyone. Yeah, think about all of them. Yeah. It makes me feel good. Um, well, we're at an hour oh five. I think oh, we, shit. uh, I'm trying to think if I should, I think maybe we'll just let it keep rolling and we'll do some calls. Yeah, we'll just, How's that just sound? riff a little bit. We'll, we'll keep right. chit-chatting. Thank you guys. If I don't know if this is going to be one long episode or two kind of nice, nice, nice. episodes. So nice. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to play the theme song. I'm going to do this. And if, and if it is one, then you'll hear the theme. None of it will matter. <laughs>